I appreciate y'all allowing us the privilege, my wife and I, of being here with you the last two Sundays. It's, it's been a blessing. And I can't tell you what a, what a joy it is to be with God's people. Uh, I've preached all across this country and in, and in other countries as well. And it never ceases to amaze me how you can be anywhere. And when you gather with a bunch of believers, God's there. And it, it's just a blessing and it's sweet and it's a privilege. And I thank you for your hospitality and I thank you for your friendship. And, and I thank you that, uh, you know, we're just family, amen? amen. We're just family. Take your Bible this morning. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. And today is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you guys out there. I think uh, Brother Kirk told you last week, my wife and I, we have... Did we? There it is. We have five children. And we have... Our oldest is, is Elizabeth, our daughter. And after that is Andrew, our son. And then Faith. And then Adam and then Michael. All of them are married. All of them have a house full of kids, and we're tickled about that. We have 17 grandchildren, and I can name every one of them, but I won't bore you with that. <laughs> they are a blessing. We got uh, some of them already made, if you know what I mean by that. Uh, my, my son came with, uh, married a gal who came with four, but that's okay. They're our grandchildren. And we are Nana and Papa to those four children. And we love them dearly. It, it's such a blessing. Um, I think as I told you, Adam is serving in Bangkok, Thailand. He and his wife, Ailey, are serving in Bangkok, Thailand as missionaries. And it's such a blessing to hear the, the iPad ring or the phone ring, and it's a FaceTime call uh, from Adam and Ayla. And you turn it on, and the first thing here is this smiling little two-and-a-half-year-old little boy. And he goes, hi, Papa. You know, it just, it, your heart just wants to explode when you hear that. You know, it's just a blessing. And uh, he hasn't seen us since he was how old, Jerry? One-year-old, less than a year old. One almost a year old, and he's two and a half years old now. But he knows who we are, and we talk to him, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. All right, dads, here we go. You might say, well, I, and I know guys don't like fathers, coming to fathers, to church on Father's Day sometimes, because it seems like you're targeted. <laughs> you, you've been bracketed, you know. But Today, I want to preach a message today that's an encouragement, that lifts you up. A lot of times when we have Father's Day messages come around, it, it kind of beats the guys up. And I don't want to do that today. I want, I want the guys to walk out of here feeling like a million bucks. And I really prayed about how to do this. I wanted to be an encouragement. And y'all can thank my wife because I bounced a bunch of ideas off of her this week. And one of the ideas I had was to preach a message to the ladies about their husbands. And my wife said, that won't work. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, we'll scratch that one. <laughs> She's a wise lady. And, um, but anyway, as, as I prayed about it this week and, and really sought the Lord on what he'd have for us this Sunday, he hit me with a word. A word came to mind. And that word is overcome. Overcome. There's so many things in this life that we have to overcome. I mean, there's people who overcome sickness, they overcome pain, they overcome not only physically, but emotionally. We overcome things in our lives that, that's hard. Amen. And I've gotten to the point in my 60 years of living, I've realized that the greatest words in the scripture are, it came to pass. It came to pass. Man, I thank God for that. Amen. It came to pass. It's just life, folks. Life's full of hard things. You're not living. Y'all hear what I'm about to tell you? You're not living life unless you deal with hard things. And I think God allows us to go through those hard things to show us who's in control and to show us that we have the victory through Him. It's no fun. But man, when you get to the other side of it, and you go, Whew. you sit back and you say, thank you, Lord, for letting me go through those things. That's when you realize how precious God is to us as Christians. Because folks, you can't make it by yourself. Men, you can't make it by yourself. As I said, we have five children. I could have never led our family the way it needed to be led without the Lord Jesus Christ. I could not be the Christian man I need to be. I could not be the employee that I need to be without Jesus Christ. I cannot be the church member that I need to be. I cannot be the preacher I need to be without Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid that we have people today in churches, in the pulpit, in ministry that don't know Jesus Christ. And that's a sorry thing to say. But today, I hope by looking at a few passages of Scripture out of 1 John, that we can see that there is the ability to have the right to overcome things in our life, to overcome this world, to overcome uh, the devil, to overcome false prophets, false spirits, lying spirits. We have that ability to do that. Amen. And the problem is, it's not that we don't have the ability, it's that we don't exercise the ability. Did y'all hear what I said? It's not that we don't have the ability, we do not exercise or we, not use, we do not use our ability to overcome these things. Now, to continue my introduction, it's this. Gentlemen, we have a huge responsibility that's been placed on us by God the Father. We are called to be the head of our homes. We are called to be the leaders of our homes, the providers, the protectors. We are called to be the spiritual heads of our home. 
to bring our children up how? In the nurture and emanation of the Lord. This is our responsibility, men. And God has given you someone to help you meet those responsibilities. And that's your wife. If you remember when God created Eve for Adam, what did he call her? His help meet. And God gave Adam specific responsibilities in the garden. And God gave Eve to Adam to do what? To help him meet those responsibilities. But the responsibilities, guys, still fall on who? On us. That's deep, isn't it? No, it's not. That's just simple Bible right there. But what I'm saying is that we fail in exercising our ability to overcome what is put before us. So, if you will, let's all stand for a moment as I read a few verses of Scripture. I just think it's the right thing to do to stand while we read the Scripture. I like it. 1 John chapter 2, and start with me in verse 7. The Bible says, Brethren, I write no, command, no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Thank God for that. He that saith he is in the light, and hath his brother, or hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whether he goeth, because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. I run unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, forgiven you for his name's sake. And I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. And I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Let's pray, all right? Father, today, as we stand before you, a hungry and needy people, Father, I pray that, Lord, you would feed us from the Word of God. I pray, God, that, Lord, you would touch our hearts and open our hearts to what you've given me this morning, that, Father, I may give it to your people. Lord, I ask you from the bottom of my heart that people today would not hear me speak, but, Lord, that they would hear you speak through me. Lord, this isn't for my glory. This is for your glory. And Father, I pray that you would bless the men of this church. That Father, as they lead their families, that Father, you would give them the strength and wisdom and ability to do so according to the word of God. 
I pray for the husbands. I pray, God, Lord, you would help us to be the right kind of husbands to our wives, to love them and to cherish them as Christ loved the church. I pray, Father, for the dads in here today, uh, that, God, you would help us to love our children, to teach them, to be an example to them. Father, to show them the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, today I want to say that I love you, and I pray, God, that, Lord, your love would be extended to us today through the preaching of the Word of God. Father, help us, encourage us, and lift us up. For in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Now, I promise you I am not going to finish at noon. Everybody went, oh, man. But I will not be a pharaoh. I will let the people go. (laughs) There are so many things in this world that we as husbands, as fathers, as the men of God need to overcome. And the first thing that I see that we need to overcome is in the scripture that I read, and that's the wicked one. Now, you might say, well, that devil, he's a a powerful being, and he is. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that he walketh about as a roaring lion, doing what? Seeking whom he may devour. Now, fellas, guess what he's after? He's after you. And he's after you, and he's after you, and he's after you, and he's after you, and you, and you, and me, and all the men of this church. If you're, if you're the head of a home, guess what? God, the devil is after you. He's after you. He wants to devour you. Now that word devour is interesting because when we first think about it, we think about devouring a plate of food. Of course, we're Baptist, right? That's the way we're going to apply it. But that word devour means to destroy quickly. And he wants to destroy you as quick as he can. And you know why, Brother Glenn? Because you're a threat. You're a threat. You know how I know that? Because in the Old Testament, it talks about our children being arrows. And you know what an arrow is? An arrow is a long-range weapon. And when you raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, you know what you're creating? You're creating a long-range weapon that can do him and his cause damage. The devil is after you. He's after to destroy men. He's after to destroy your manhood, your chivalry. Hey, I I cannot, I cannot walk through a door in front of a lady. I can't do it. There's just something against my grain that that just won't let me do that. If If a lady's behind me, I have to open the door and stand aside and let her walk through first. It's the right thing to do. My dad always told me there is nothing wrong with being a gentleman. And you know, as Christian men, you know what we need to be? We need to be gentlemen. And we need to show this forth to this world. We need to be gentlemen. We've lost the ability of being gentlemen. I was at the store the other day and I was walking in and I saw these teenage boys run up there, throw the door open in front of this lady and and just running in in front of her and and the door almost hit her and I thought, oh, if I could have got a hold of them. It just goes against my grain, Brother Jim. It's just not right. 
There's no chivalry in our, in our, in our world anymore. Boys aren't being taught to be men. Did you hear what I said? Boys are not being taught to be men. I raised three sons. You know what I did my best to teach them boys to be? Men. And I'm not meaning to brag or anything, but I got three boys. All three of them are leaders. And I totally feel the reason they're leaders is because we trained those boys to be men. Now, my, my three sons, da 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 no, I'm kidding. Some of y'all will get that, some of you won't. I get it. <laughs> but my three sons, boy, when they got in a scrap, you know what we let them do? It Work it out. I think it's good. Boys need to be let fight once in a while. Makes them tough. They're not tough anymore. They don't know how to stand up for themselves. They're afraid of offending anybody. I'm getting too political here probably. But you know who I, where I lay the blame? We're not raising young men, young boys to be men anymore. Oh, we need to be tolerant. Uh-uh. Like Pete said in Sunday school, you cannot compromise the word of God. I'm intolerant. There, there's your, I have a doctorate in political incorrectness. There you go. I'm intolerant. Intolerant of what? Anything that goes against that book. And you should be too. And men, you need to stand up and tell your family you're intolerant of things that go against that book and you won't permit it. Well, I don't like this kind of preaching. Well, that's all right. I'll be gone next Sunday. (laughs) The wicked one wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you quickly because you're a long-range threat with the children that God's given you. Looky here. If he can destroy you, he destroys your family, he destroys your children, he destroys the long-range threat that you can be with your kids, he destroys your testimony, he destroys your happiness, he destroys everything. But you know what my Bible shows me? We can overcome that rascal. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you beat the devil? The only thing I can tell you is from Scripture. You know who beat him? Jesus Christ beat him. And you know how he beat him? With the Word of God. Amen. Fellas, we need to be in that book as much as we can be and, and take that book and read it and absorb it in our minds and our bodies and our souls that we might be able to beat the devil when he tries to devour us. When he wants to destroy us and destroy our families and destroy our children, we need to stand up to him with the Word of God and say we're not going to have it. Thus saith the Lord. Now here it is halfway through, more than halfway through the month of June. 
And I know probably the first year everybody gets started reading their Bible and they want to read their Bible through it a year and all this stuff. But you know what happens? You miss a day and what do you do? Oh man, I, I just knew I couldn't do it. And you throw your hands up and you quit. You know what? It doesn't matter. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how much you read a day. What matters is that you read it. Just read it. Hey, I like to try to read at least 10 chapters a day if I can. But guess what? There's certain days I don't hit my 10. But do I get mad and quit because it doesn't work? No, I just pick up the next day where I left off. It's not a matter of how much you read. It's a matter of reading it and absorbing it, and putting it in your heart, in your mind, that when the devil comes to devour you, you know what you can say? Devil, it is written. Jesus said it is written. It is written. It is written again. You understand? It's time we read the book. And we can overcome the wicked one with the book. In the book of Ephesians, it talks about the, the army, or I'm sorry, the armor, the Christian armor. And you know what your weapon is? Hey, you know what? That devil has beat me so many times. He's thumped me in the ground so many times. I've asked God and I've prayed, when we come back at the Battle of Armageddon, at least let me get one good swing at him. One good chop is all I want. We can defeat the devil with the Word of God. You say, well, where? We come to church to get the Word of God. It's not enough. You know why it's not enough? Because the devil doesn't only attack you when you're in church, he'll attack you when you least expect it. We can overcome the devil with the Word of God. We must be in the book. Now look at chapter 4 with me for just a minute in 1 John. Chapter 4. Look here what it says. Chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Boy, that's the truth, isn't it? Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Where have ye have heard that it should come? And even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Folks, look, there's false spirits out there everywhere. I mean, look what's happening to our country today. Look, where it's, look what's happened. Look what people are believing. Look at how people are being misled. 
And they're not being misled by the truth. They're not being misled by the scripture. They're being misled by a false spirit. Well, Brother David, are you talking about ghosts and woolly boogers and all that stuff? No, I'm talking about fallen angels. Lying spirits. Uh, I, I found the other day, I got a, a request on Facebook from a guy I went to seminary with for a little while. And I thought, hey man, I haven't seen from that guy in a long time, so I accepted the friend request. And the next thing I know, man, coming up on this guy's thing, all this junk about sun worship and this, that, another, and the zodiac. And I'm like, what in the world has happened to you, man? You know what's happened? He got mad, he got bitter, and he listened to a lying false spirit. Now look here. The first opening that was created for that guy was he got bitter. He found a chink in the armor. He found an opening that he could attack. Look at here. If you're mad at somebody, if you're bitter at God about something, you need to get over that thing. Because guess what will happen? The devil will find it. The false spirit will find it. And he'll find his way in there. And the next thing you know, you don't care much about your Bible anymore. You don't care as much about church anymore. You don't care as much about other believers anymore. You don't care that much about your family anymore. The only thing you care about is yourself. This is deep, man. No. This is surface stuff here. But you know what happen, what's happened in Christianity? We get to the point where we minor on the majors and major on the minors. We need to major on the majors. And the major thing is this. We need to be in that book. Not only do we need to be in that book to defeat the devil, but look at here. If a spirit says it's not, that Jesus Christ is not God, then what? According to what we just read, it's a false spirit. Am I right? But how do we know that? How do you know that? It's from that book. You see, what John's trying to tell these folks that he wrote this epistle to is that first you need to read it, and the next thing you need to do is to apply it. Fellas, you need to apply the Word of God in your family. You need to apply the Word of God in your home, in your personal life, in your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your children. Because if we don't, what's going to happen? You might think, man, that looks sharp. That's great. That's good. That's got to be a God. But boy, if you know the Scripture and you start digging in there and you start seeing that thing, you know what will happen? You'll realize it's a lying spirit. And it's not of God. You all with me so far? Shake your head up and down this way. Amen. Amen. I, like to, I just like to see that because I know people are listening then. I like to see people's faces, not the top of their heads. Amen. <laughs> you see, the thing of it is, is this. What I'm trying to say, dads, husbands, men of the church, it's being in the book and then it's applying the book. But that's not enough. You know what the next thing is? Believe the book. Believe the book. 
There's so many times we read it and we simply don't believe it. Has that happened to you? You know why people get all crazy about the book of Revelation? Well, I just don't understand it. No, it's not that you don't understand it. You don't believe it. You simply don't believe it. I mean, have you ever seen locusts come up out of the bottomless pit and sting men that they would seek death for five months? That's a pretty wild and crazy thing to think about, isn't it? But yeah, you know what our, what our kids believe in today? They believe in zombies and all that junk and everything else, the zombie apocalypse and all. What a bunch of hogwash, man. Hogwash. Hogwash. Look at chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And start with me in verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, we read it, we apply it, but what's the most important thing we can do? Believe it. Simply believe it. If you don't believe that book, brother, look at here. If you didn't believe that book, you'd never accepted Christ as your Savior. You'd never accepted him if you didn't believe what's in this book. Man, I've got a home in heaven. You know why I know that? Because I believe what's in this book. I'm going to glory one of these days. You know why? Because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior based on the Scripture. This book has never lied to me. It's never let me down. It's never failed me. It's never gave me misdirection. I can trust this book. And I believe I can trust this book and believe this book so much that I'm willing to hang my eternity on it. That's Christianity. Believe the book. You overcome the world by what? Simply believing this book. You overcome false spirits and lying spirits by what? Applying this book. And you overcome the devil by what? Simply by reading this book. You know what kids don't do today? Kids don't read. You know why? You know why reading's being taken away from our children? To take them away from this book. Did you hear what I said? One of the greatest things you can do for your children and for your grandchildren is to instill in them a love of books, of reading. The Bible says to give attendance to reading. 
I don't care what it is. Read your Bible. Read. And when you get done reading your Bible, read something else. Y'all are going to think this is funny. I love Louis L'Amour books. I think I've read every one of them twice, maybe three times. I love them. They're awesome. And you know who got me started reading Louis L'Amour books? My sons got me started reading them. Isn't that crazy? And you know how they got started reading them? A preacher friend of mine got them started reading those books. We need to teach our kids to love to read. I know I'm not talking about studying because the Bible says studying is a weariness of the flesh and I get it. They get enough of that and they'll fuss at you about it. But there's nothing wrong with reading. Read and read and read. Read that book. And I promise you, the more you read that book, the more you'll be able to apply that book. And the more you apply it, guess what? The more you'll believe it. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. When our children were little, we had devotions with them every night. And we had a, a book called a Bible story book. And I'd get that book out before they go to bed. And I'd hold that book in my lap. And boy, them little kids would all gather around me and we'd sing the B-I-B-L-E. Y'all know this, the song? The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Bible, that's right. But we did more than that because you know what those kids would do? I'd hold that book out and they'd all stand there. You know what they'd do? The B-I-B-L-E. They'd just pound that book, man. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Bible, they would holler. And then we'd read a story out of that book and we'd pray with them and off they'd go to bed. You know what we tried to instill in those kids? A love for this book. I saw those, those children up there this morning and I, I sat there and cried. You know why? There's somebody who's got those kids in church bringing them up in the way they should go. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, what? He'll not depart from it. And I've seen, I've seen Christians bring children up. And when them kids get 18, 19, 20 years old, man, they sail off. And they get out of church and they start doing their own thing. And I've had them sit in my office and cry and say, Preacher, I brought them up. I trained them up and they've departed. Now you missed the verse. Train up a child in the way he what? Sh no, should go. Did you catch it? Not that he will go, but that he should go.
They can depart from the way, but you know what they can never depart from? The training that you instilled in them. They can't get away from it. Gentlemen, it's our responsibility. It's our duty. It's our sanction. Can I use that word? It's our calling. It's our calling. You know what happened, Glenn? When you got married, God called you to your wife. God called me to my family. And any preacher, y'all listen to what I'm about to say, any preacher who will take a ministerial calling greater than the calling of his family ain't worth his supper. As God called me to my family first. Y'all understand? Too many times preachers sacrifice their family for the church. And preachers' kids wind up in a way they should not go. But you know why? They were sacrificed for the church. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. A minister has a difficult job in balancing all of that together. He can't really sacrifice the church for his family, but he can't sacrifice his family for the church. You see what I mean? It's tough, isn't it, Kirk? It can get tough sometimes to balance all that out. One of my mentors in the ministry told me it's like trying to fill a wash tub full of ping pong balls and hold them all underwater at the same time. Maybe that's the way you feel, Christian. Man of God, you feel like you're trying to hold all the ping pong balls underwater at the same time. And it's tough. It's hard. Look here, being a Christian is not, not easy. It's a blessing. But it's not easy. But we can overcome through the Word of God. Now, I've thought about this all week, like I said, and I've really prayed about it. And I want to do something with the men of the church, if I might. Today's Father's Day. And I want to do something special for the men of the church. I can't beat cupcakes. But I can do this. I can pray with you. And ask God to bless you. And to bless your homes. To bless your relationship with your wife and with your children. To bless your relationship with the others in this church. That God would use it for His honor and for His glory. So 
what I'd like to do this morning is this, if I may, for just a moment, if there's someone here who doesn't know Christ, I'd like to say this, we invite you to come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Believe the word of God. It's the only escape you've got. Like one friend of mine said, he said, the only way out of this life alive is through Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's it. So if you don't know Christ, I'd like to invite you to come and let me introduce you to my friend, to my brother. And that's Jesus Christ. He'd sure love to meet you. He'd love to become your brother. He'd love to be someone special with you. Now the second part of the invitation is this. I would like if all the men of the church would come up here with me. Just come on. If you can, come with me. Even if, if you're just here today, just come up here. If you're a fellow, just come up here. Just come up here. If you can, if you're physically able, I understand. Just come up here for a minute. Just come on. Just, just, the, just the fellow. Come up here a minute. Now here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for these guys. These guys need prayed for. They really do. And ladies, you know what these guys are? These are the fellows that God has called to be the head of the home. You see? God's called them into a special ministry and that's to be the head of their homes. God's called you ladies to be their helpmeet, to encourage them, to lift them up, to stand behind them to be their greatest advocate and their greatest supporter. Am I right? Yes. You want to build a great family? This is how it's done. You want to build a great church? Who wants to build a great church? Amen. This is how it's done. You want to build a great community? This is how it's done. A great state? This is how it's done. You want to build a great country? This is how it's done. This is how it's done. By building great men, great families, great churches, great communities, great states, and a great country. But it starts here. Right now. Right now. This is how it starts. So I'm going to pray for these, these men. That God would bless them. That God would encourage them. 
lift them up, and use them for His honor and for His glory. And I hope that you'd pray that with me as well. And then I hope this, that you would pray for them each and every day the same way. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for these men who stand here with me today. And Lord, it's no small thing to stand before a church body and to allow someone to pray for you, to pray with you. Lord, it's no small thing that we ask today, God, that Lord, in your power and in your might and in your strength through the Word of God, that Father, you would take these men and use them for your honor and for your glory. God, you've given these men awesome responsibilities to meet the needs of their families, to meet the needs of their wives and of their children, to meet the needs of this church. Father, I pray, God, that, Lord, you give each and every one of them the special ability and talent that they need to meet those responsibilities. Father, I pray, God, that, Lord, you would strengthen them. I pray that you'd lift them up. I pray, God, that, Lord, when it seems that everything else is going wrong, Father, I pray that they might know that the Holy Spirit of God is with them, holding them up, strengthening them. And Father, give them exactly what they need at that time to meet their responsibility. Father, I pray that these men would read their Bible. That, Lord, they would read their Bible and absorb it. That, Father, they would stay within the book. Father, I pray that when the time comes that, Father, they'd be able to apply their Bible properly. That, Lord, they'd be able to use it to know the direction for themselves and for their family and for their church. I pray, Father, proper application of the Scripture would come from you. And, Father, I pray most of all that, Lord, they would believe. That, Father, when things get rough and get hard, that, Lord, their faith in you would never waver. I pray, Lord, that, God, it would always be strong and true. Father, relying totally upon you and upon your Son, Jesus Christ, and upon the Holy Spirit and upon the Word of God. Father, I pray that you would build these men together to build strong families, to build a strong church. Father, that through this church, we might see the city of Springfield strengthened and lifted up and become a strong community for Christ because of what started here today. Lord, I pray for our state and I pray for our governor and our leadership there. God, I pray that, Lord, a strong state would be developed from strong churches which start with strong families, which start with strong men. And, Lord, for our country as well. Lord, we need your strength in our hearts, in our minds, in our homes, and in our churches. Lord, I pray that you'd protect them. I pray, Father, Lord, you would lift them up. Oh, God, please. Lord, I can almost guarantee that through what's been done here today, that, Lord, the devil will attack. And, God, I pray that, Lord, the Scripture would be used to beat him back down in each and every way. Father, might our love for you grow? Might it intensify? Lord, might others see 
you in us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to love you, to know you, to serve you, and to enjoy you. For all these things we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate you coming up here.